I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Annika Edenfield. I am a fan of Savannah, Georgia and all things spooky. I am known for my TikTok, Salt Wave Spanish Moss, and I also give ghost tours here in Savannah, Georgia. Hi, everybody. My name is Emily Elizado, and you probably remember me from Ink Masters Season 5, Rivals. And I love creepy and real creepy, and that's why I'm here for Real or Creepy. Awesome. And I am Noah Daniels, and we are here for another episode of Real or Creepy. We have some stories from the internet, primarily Reddit, and we're going to decide if these stories are a real haunting or a creepy pasta and if you're listening along make sure you play along with us shoot us a dm or email and let us know what you think are these stories a real haunting or a creepy pasta so we are on episode four i will start our first story it is called hotel nightmare needless to say i don't like staying at hotels much anymore i drove nine hours to meet my parents at a halfway mark to pick up my two-year-old daughter at an agreed on hotel I assumed we were all going to stay there the night since we both had such long drives. When I had grabbed all her things, I asked, are you going to stay here too? My dad said, no, we're going to head back. I was a little disappointed, but I understood that they don't like hotels much. I checked in and went to our room. It was fairly late, but I don't sleep much at night. I'm more of a night person. I turned the TV on and I was in my bed and my daughter was in hers. She fell asleep pretty quickly probably the car ride. I had all the lights off in the room. The only light was coming from the TV. I was sitting up against the headboard with my legs stretched out straight in front of me under the covers. All of a sudden, I felt something grab my toes, both feet at the same time. I quickly pulled my legs in towards me with my knees bent against my chest. I grabbed my phone and used the light on it to shine at the end of the bed. I didn't see anything. 
I sat there trying to look stoic, like I wasn't afraid, but inside I was screaming. I didn't want whatever it was to see me scared. After a few minutes of sitting there, acting like nothing just happened, I relaxed my legs and continued to watch TV. Moments later, I felt pressure next to my leg, like a hand, like someone was leaning their body onto the bed from the end of the bed with both hands down on the mattress. Then I felt pressure as if their left hand moved forward and pressed down. Then what felt like their right hand moved forward and closer to my knee. Then their left hand moved forward. It felt like someone or something was crawling up to my face, slowly and methodically. It was definitely a Harley Quinn type movement. I could feel the palm push down first, then the hand rolled forward to the fingers. Imagine it like how a person walks, heels to toe. The motion was very similar and very exaggerated. It was creepy and unsettling, like it was having fun. I flung off the blankets and jumped into my daughter's bed, hoping her innocence would save me. I was facing the wall, spooning her, and I saw shadows go across the wall. I jumped up and turned the lights on, frantically grabbing our stuff to pack up to leave. I went down to check out. It was around 4 a.m. The guy working said, you're leaving early? I said, yeah, I couldn't sleep by chance. Do you have anyone ever tell you this hotel is haunted? I laughed nervously, waiting for him to laugh too, which I wish he would have. Instead, he replied, why? What room were you in? I told him and he replied, I don't know why they put you over there. I never put people over there. Ever since we got new owners, they did a cleansing on the building, thinking things would get better. But since then, things have gotten worse. I told him, yeah, I don't think it worked. I will never forget that. And I wanted to share it. Oh, <laughs> so scary. <laughs> um, Inigo, what would you think of that one? First off, did they use their child as a human shield against ghosts? <laughs> the innocence. Bingo. Bingo. Those are my first thoughts. Protected by their innocence. What the hell is even that? I thought they were going to say, like, I rushed to protect my shot, you know, like to cover them up. Um, not Exactly. Not to be protected by them. Oh, no, David, be gone. I have a child. Like, what is <laughs> I will say out of all the ones we've read so far, this one probably scared me the most because the way it was written, it was like I could feel that motion walking up my body in a bed. I don't know if it's just because like it's such a common fear, you know, to be asleep and then feel something on you, I guess. But yeah, because um, you're most vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. Emily, what do you think about this one? I, I thought of the, the dude from Pan's Labyrinth with the eyeballs in his hands. When they were talking about their hands, that's all I could think of was his eyeballs squishing into my into the bed. Yes. <laughs> so creepy, dude. I I, mean, I I think it's creepy. I don't think it's real. It's I don't, cute, fun, yeah. but I just creepy. I don't know if y'all have ever had something run over you while you're in the bed that you weren't expecting, but I um I used to play a lot of poker when I was in my twenties. And I go into a casino. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was with me. And so I played poker for like five or six hours and they gave us a free hotel room because I played for so long. And so we went to our room, got in bed and whatnot. And we were laying there trying to go to sleep. And I squealed and she was like, what's wrong with you? And I was just like, it's a, it's a, it's a thing, it's a thing. And she was like, what? And then she went, then she screamed. 
And we, I ran and turned the lights on and we threw the covers off and it was a granddaddy long leg spider in the covers oh. that had been <laughs> walking over us in the bed, which I don't think bite. No. But yeah. That's funny though. I was expecting like a possum. <laughs> <laughs> or a rat. <laughs> oh man, you could just feel those little like, you know what I mean? It was, it was like, it was, and it was under the covers. Like it was literally, we were tucked in with it. And I already have night terrors with spiders. Like I didn't, maybe that's where it all started. I don't know. But yeah, I wanted to burn that building down after it's like, I am scarred, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So we've got one for creepy and I go, where did you fall on this one? I think it's real. I did like how she said it was a Harley Quinn type movement. I don't know why, but I immediately could like see that taking place um, once that was pointed out. Yeah, it was that was creepy as hell. Um, yeah, I will. This is yeah, I will be thinking of the Pan's Labyrinth uh, hands, uh, the Mitch McConnell face uh, for the rest of tonight. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to our last and final story. This episode of the Real Hauntings, Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey, y'all, it's Noah Daniels, and oh boy, I just got my box of Wild Grain bread and pasta. My whole family has been so excited to dive in. We started with a sourdough, and it was amazing. If you're looking to make Mother's Day brunch planning easier or just looking for a great gift for your mom, you've got to check out Wild Grain. Order before May 6th to get your box in time for Mother's Day. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads fresh pastas and artisanal pastries every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less no thawing required the next thing up for us to try is the biscuits with our breakfast and you can now fully customize your wild grain box so you can choose any combination of breads pastas and pastries you can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. So this one is called, I think one of my old friends was dead when I met them. Now, as a title goes, that's pretty intriguing, right? Um, I think one of my old friends was dead. This is a bit of a rant because I just remember a majority of this. I don't remember much of when I was fairly younger than I currently am. So I might be missing some details, but I have been piecing together 
who I met five years ago. I remember sometime around February of my fifth grade year, a girl seemed to appear out of nowhere. I didn't have class with her, but she was in the class right next door. She was never really, she never really seemed to talk or interact with people, and I rarely saw her myself. She was almost never at school, and I don't think I ever heard the teacher call her name for attendance. She always sat alone at lunch, and the few times she ever sat with other people, usually my friend group, she wouldn't really talk to any of them. The only time she ever talked to me was when the other people around us were busy with something else or looking away. I slowly got to know her bit by bit. Her name was Molly, and she had a few brothers. She had brown hair that was always in a perfectly straight bob cut, and she only ever wore five shirts. The only one I can really remember was a light purple t-shirt with some white details and a cat on the front. She had a few freckles, and her eyes were pretty brown. She was very shy and wouldn't really say much other than short sentences. Molly loved walking around the outskirts of the playground at recess, but after the whistle blew and we had to go in, she never seemed to line up with the rest of us. Around that time, my birthday was coming up and I was handing out invitations. I really wanted to invite her to go to get to know her more because she seemed like a nice girl. I saw her when we were outside taking a short break from class when I began talking to her about it. I told her it would be a pool party at the rec center in the next town over because it had a better pool. She told me she would try to make it, but only if her dad would let her. She never gave me her dad's number, so I couldn't give it to my mom, yet she told me her dad would call my mom if she could make it. Around this time, some of my friends were approaching me, and she noticed this. She seemed a bit frantic and told me to give her my hand. She pulled the plastic heart ring she was wearing and placed it in my hand, saying, if I can't make it to your party, this is my gift to you. Before walking off, after she gave me that ring, I didn't take it off for the rest of the year. Some of my friends would ask me why I was wearing it because it was ugly. I would tell them that Molly gave it to me, but they would give me a weird look, yet they never asked more about it than that. The next day, I didn't see her, but in my classroom mailbox, she left a little pink bear and a torn up cake squishy with a note reading something along the lines of, Happy birthday, this is the rest of my gift to you. She never made it to my party, nor did my mom ever get a call. After that, I didn't see her again until a few weeks before school ended. Our school was having us take a tour of the middle school we chose to go to. Before I saw, she was sitting alone in a section all the teachers said was empty. I asked her what school she was going to, and she simply replied with, Garden of the Gods. After that, because I wanted to stay in touch with her, I asked where she lived so I could visit her sometime. She described the old abandoned house, on one of the outer streets of my neighborhood that no one lived in for years. I told her that I would try to visit sometime that week with my mom to make sure it was the right house. Molly nodded and walked off. At the end of the week, me and my mom visited the old house. Molly wasn't there. Neither was either brother or her dad. No one was in that house because, like I said, it was abandoned and never sold again. After the last people to move in left right after hearing about what happened to the man in the house and how he died. After that interaction with her, I never saw her again, nor even at the end of the year assembly where we were all required to go for bonding time. When the teachers were showing pictures of everyone who was in our fifth grade class, Molly was never brought up, nor did she make an appearance in the yearbook. After that, my mom and friends pestered me more and more about my ring until eventually I stopped wearing it. I still have it, but I repainted it uh, after all the silver paint had came off. I always told them it was a gift for Molly, but they had no idea who I was talking about, so I stopped bringing her up until a little bit ago with my mom. 
She told me she never remembered the girl I was talking about. She only remembered that I was looking for someone. I told her that was crazy because she was the one who gave me the ring and stuffy, but nothing ever clicked. Then we talked more about the house Molly told me she lived in, and my mom told me the last owners tried to sell it as quick as possible because of the man who died there, but no one would ever move back. That's why the grass was never cut and it looked the way it did. It was always falling apart. Eventually, we started to consider the idea that Molly was a ghost. It was just strange that I got a physical gift from her, but it wasn't impossible, especially because of the other incidents with spirits we had. I still have no idea what happened to Molly or how she really was, but I really do think she simply was a ghost, and that's why nobody remembers her. I must have been the only one that could see her. I have met plenty of other ghosts, but she's the first spirit to give me a physical gift. Don't get me wrong. I normally don't mind meeting ghosts. I just wish I knew she was one before I told the other people that I did about her. <sighs> that was a long one. Um, <laughs> Emily, what'd you think about that one? You know, I want it so bad to be true. I really do, but it's so schmarmy. It's also, you know what? I bet this would make a great movie. I'm gonna write it, and then that's, <laughs> that's the <favorite. laughs> I'm so mean about this shit. But I, I don't know. I'm just critical. I'm not. I'm not gonna be taken advantage of because I'm gullible. Damn it. And well, <laughs> I will say in 240 something interviews I've done, I don't believe I've ever had anybody tell me about a ghost giving them a physical gift. Doesn't mean it hasn't happened. It yeah. just means that I haven't had anybody tell me that. Um, Inika, have you ever had anybody tell you that or have you ever heard anything along those lines? There's a ghost that haunts the 1790 Inn who will leave coins for people. I've heard of coins. Yeah. Never, never stuffed animals, but... I mean, if you can move a coin, I think you can move a stuffed animal. <laughs> That's fair. Um, well, did did this story give you kind of real or creepy vibes? What did you think about it? First off, I want to know what happened to the guy who lived in the house. I know, like, right? She kept they mentioning mentioned that twice, and I'm like, what was it? What happened? <laughs> what uh, did he do? Right? My first thought when he was describing Molly was, Molly's in a cult, and she sneaks away to go play with kids from the school. To uh, two two words. Uh, uh, homeschool. Little weird. It's little weird kids <laughs> popping up in in the in the neighborhoods on the school playground. She never gets called into attendance. The teachers don't talk because she doesn't go to that school. She just hangs around because she's homeschooled and she studies the Bible for three hours and then they pretend a math class for one and then she goes out and tours the neighborhood for the rest of the day. That my, my whole neighborhood over here that's how these kids rock they have like bible study and then they like you know do a math problem and then they're like all right see you later <laughs> out on the streets till 11 o'clock i was night. i was homeschooled till sixth grade that tracks oh <laughs> uh, well i know that also like homeschool kids in some areas have the opportunity to like play sports uh at high schools and things like that so it wouldn't be out of you know the realm of possibility now as far as like just creepiness of the story goes you know it's interesting i mean the idea of befriending a ghost it was very like sixth sense ish right this idea of having some kind of being that seems so real but is not so I, it was it was creepy i just was where they were like, I wish somebody would have told me that they were a ghost. So I wouldn't have looked so dumb telling my friends about them. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, felt, 
hey, before I introduce myself, I happen to be a ghost. Hi, my name's Molly. I'm creepy and little. Like, what? (laughs) And maybe Molly doesn't know she's a ghost. You know, I mean, there's... Yeah, I felt a little fantastical uh, for me, but... So let's let's get a final verdict. Uh, is everybody saying creepy on this one? Anybody taking real? Creepy. Yeah, it says creepy. Creepy. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm going creepy too. Well, that does it, gang. We finished the whole series with Enika <laughs> and Emily of real or creepy. Enika, where can our fans find you online? They can find me on TikTok, Saltwave Spanish Moss. They can find me on Instagram, Eni E E N I E Edenfield. And if they Google my name, they will find everything else about me, my YouTube, my website. And if they're in Savannah and they want to go to our history tour, they should absolutely reach out. And Emily, where can our audience find you online? Oh, I'm super easy to find. If you just go to www.emilyelegato.com, you will find me, all of my information, all of my links. Super easy. It's E-M-I-L-Y-E-L-E-G-A-D-O. And I hope everybody subscribes this time. Uh, Just to let you know, they're amazing. They decided to stick around for what has been about an hour and 20 minutes after I promised them it would only be an hour (laughs) of their valuable time. It's another note for me on the next time I do this. Uh, Yeah, thank you all so much for doing this. It was such a blast. Um, You are both people that I, I wish I could see and know more often so i thought this would be a a great opportunity to catch up and also kind of introduce you two to each other i thought y'all would kind of click and it it kind of felt like all vibes were were there so yeah thanks for joining the party for tonight thanks for having us yeah absolutely fantastic as always i love coming out here and doing this i'm always having a blast Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much. And audience, stay tuned as we will have more real or creepy coming your way. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.